All right, welcome back here to Lawler Arena. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you. Our score at the end of the first period is Merrimack 3, Maine 1. Joining us is Larry Mahoney of the Bangor Daily News and also Sport, Sport Zone WZON. And uh, first period got off to a pretty slow start other than Maine with the 5-on-3 goal, and, and then it picked up after that. Yeah, and, and Merrimack deserves to be ahead 3-1. I thought they won all the loose pucks. They were stepped quicker, playing with more passion, more grit. I thought they were clearly the better team, but they, they earned their 3-1 lead. The 5-on-3 goal, Robbie D with the goal, and Nyquist setting him up. Uh, is that the way that it's gone so far this year for them on the power play? No. Not at all. They, you know, they went through an 0 for 33 stretch, um, and then uh, without Will O'Neill and Jeff Dimmitt, both have returned from injuries. But no, they were actually Mike. They were only two for 12 and five on threes. But that was a perfectly uh, constructed five on three goal pass from one side of the crease to the other, then to the middle. And nothing Joe Canada could do on that. But uh, that's about the only positive really for me in the first period. Uh, Merrimack's carried the play. Yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking was, uh, you know, that D, uh, in talking about that goal, was uh, he's certainly been, uh, he's given them some more depth up front in the play of Diamond as well. And, and uh, uh, you know, there have been a few guys that, uh, you know, maybe they haven't been getting the goals, as many goals as they might have expected from a guy like Nyquist or maybe Flynn, but yeah, they have some other guys that have helped to spread it out a bit. Yeah, they they have. They haven't received a lot from the third and fourth lines, but, yeah, their top two lines, they have uh, six set forwards. They have Robbie D centering one line, Tanner House the other. And what they do pretty much, Mike, is, you know, they'll flip-flop the centers, but the wingers stay the same. You know, you have Spencer Abbott, you have uh, Gustav Nyquist and Brian Flynn are usually together, and Spencer Abbott with Joey Diamond. Uh, and then you flip-flop your centers uh, depending on, on your needs and stuff. Uh, uh, D is more of a sniper than House. House never scored more than 14 goals in juniors in a season, but he did have the big year last year with 18. But uh, uh, so, you know, House is a more all-around complete player. D better offensively, getting a little bit better defensively, both good face-off men. But, uh, uh, but yeah, the third and fourth lines, uh, they really are, are trying to find a third and fourth line right now. You see Mike Cornell out there, a defenseman. They've got, uh, they've got pretty good depth on defense, so they moved him up front. And, uh, and they move Matt Mangin back. Mangin is arguably their fastest skater. And it's nice to have somebody uh, like Mangin who can uh, break it out on his own. Uh, those, those swift skating defensemen uh, are so valuable because, uh, you know, when you're getting penned in, I mean, they can grab the puck and take two strides. They pull away from the forechecker. And that's why they're back there. And they want to keep him back there. This is the marquee matchup of the weekend between these two clubs. It's going to go a long way to its uh, deciding the season series. Whichever club wins is going to have an edge, a leg up on that that series when the two teams will meet up at Alphon later in the year. But uh, I guess at this point of the season, probably uh, this is where a lot of people thought that Merrimack would be and, and may, maybe down a little bit from where people expected as they were picked second in the preseason. Yeah, what they've done, uh, Mike, is they've, they've uh, pilfered a bunch of points. Uh, they've given up third-period leads uh, against New Hampshire. They gave up a goal with 18 seconds left with the goalie pulled that tied it, then New Hampshire won it overtime. Uh, against uh, BU, they're up three to two. They give up a. Uh, they give up. A, I'm sorry. They're up uh, two to one. They give up a goal uh, on a, a bouncing puck that uh, deflected over to the far post, and uh, Coyle, Charlie Coyle, put it in. Uh, so that wound up a two-two tie against UConn. They've got a three-two lead, and UConn scores in the last ten minutes. And uh, then against Providence, uh, they're up 3-2, and they give up a shorthanded goal with about three minutes left. So they've given away points, which has made their uh, their ascension into an NCAA tournament team uh, that much more difficult now. Uh, because 
the way it is in college hockey, I mean, there's so much parity now. It may start tonight 12th at the fairwise, but they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, Merrimack has been a surprise. I think people expected them to be to be good this year. Uh, they began their, they really began their uh, rejuvenation last year with the 16 wins, which uh, set a record in their 21-year history of Division One. And uh, this year, their best start. This is year 22 in Division One. Their best start ever. And it's certainly uh, evident why. I mean, they've got a very solid defense core. Uh, they've got uh, three lines, I think, that can put the puck in the net, even though they're having trouble scoring. But uh, but you know they just they're just doing a good job. We're talking with Larry Mahoney of the Bangor Daily News. The Merrimack Warriors lead Maine three to one at the end of the first period. And uh, well, Larry, as we uh, again talk about uh, this matchup here, I think you got a couple of clubs that we know last season uh, scoring was not really an issue. Uh, in this season. Both clubs not scoring at the rate that they were last right. year, but still having some good success. Well, I mean, for me, the power play, uh, they led the nation in the power play 27.7% last year. This year came in 16.7%. Again, they went through a five-game drought, 0 for 33. Uh, even without Dimmon and O'Neill, they still had seven of the ten power play members of last year. And that's been a real... Uh, that's been really harmful. Uh, they haven't been able to get put-away goals in the third period to give themselves some breathing room. They're hoping now with Dimmon back tonight for the first time since November 19th, uh, with O'Neill back a couple games ago for the Florida tournament, that they can start scoring on the power play. They did here on the five-on-three and uh, help supplement the goal scoring. Uh, they're not scoring as much um, as as they were a year ago, but I mean, I think that's something that they will be able to do. But you know, again, right now it's a matter of finding ways to grit out a win here or get back in this game against the Merrimack team that really uh, uh, really took a tool in the first period. You know, it's the first time that you've seen the reaction. First time all of us today have seen the rink in its final completed state with the uh, the work across the far way and everything. I'm just curious, you know, your thought as an observer of the college hockey scene and hockey East and so on. Uh, I mean, long time coming, as you mentioned, 22nd year in the league, and now they finally get the work done here. How, how much of an impact do you see it having long term? Oh, I think it's going to definitely have, a, have an impact. I mean, it's beautiful here. I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where you're not going to be able to build a new rink. That's probably what everyone would love to do. But because you, your, your seating capacity at 2432 is the lowest in the league. However, if you could pack it, I mean, it, you know, again, you go to school at 2000. I mean, all having all of the chairs now seat backs instead of bleachers. You've got the uh, student section there. All your students are on break right now. I mean, it, they, they've done a tremendous job. They did it, uh, what, five or six years ago when they started the renovation. And this is just a continuation, and this is really, it's such a fun rink to watch a game because, of the, you know, it's, you've got small quarters here. The puck bounces around. You get a lot of scoring chances. It's really a joy to cover a game here other than the cold. But even the cold isn't as bad as it once was. I remember 10 years ago, you'd come here, and they'd give you either cocoa or uh, or coffee between periods, and you took a sip, and then you put put both hands in it just to try to get the feeling back. It's kind of hard to keep. Yeah, it's kind of hard to take notes when you have no feeling in your fingers. But I mean, it's still cold, but it's much better. And of course, you've got your uh, your luxury boxes, and you've got you know your blue line uh, room here. I mean, it's really a credit to this administration uh, because I know my, a lot of people are saying, "Hey, you, you don't belong in hockey East." I mean, you've been struggling for so many years. Why don't you see if Atlanta hockey will take you, or or uh, the ECAC? You know where uh, you know you were small liberal arts college, and, and they, they stayed the course. 
They, they brought in two players that I think have really changed the dynamics here. Joe Canada in goal from the U.S. under-18 team at French Olympians. Stefan DeCosta. Now, I think this is your last year with Stefan. Maybe your last year with Joe. I don't know. But anyway, you get two marquee players. You've got veterans that have continued to develop. You brought in Carl Stollery, all-rookie team member two years ago. And now you've got the nucleus of a, of a, of a good Hockey East program. You've got two wins over BC, which is terrific. Um, you know, defending national champs won two of the last three national championships. So now you get credibility. You put people in seats. Fourth sellout in seven games this year. And uh, you know, and credit to your administration for staying the course in Hockey East and and uh, hiring Mark Dennehy uh, and, and his staff for uh, turning this program around. Well, Larry, just two more questions. First, uh, choice. <laughs> uh, surprises in Hockey East this year. Surprises. I think Providence has made strides. Uh, New Hampshire. Does Providence have staying power? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I think I think they're better than they have been. I think they're a much better skating team. Yeah, I think I think they'll be competitive. Um, you guys have been a big surprise. New Hampshire, I was surprised uh, at how well they're playing because I didn't know about De Girolamo. I don't know if he could get the job done. Now, they have that great top line. Um, you know, so you know that's a, that's uh, and, and they're so tough at home. Although they, they did lose to St. Lawrence a couple uh, about a week ago, and uh, you know I'm not sure, uh, you know I'm not sure how they can sustain. I think I think uh, they're legitimately uh, a contender for the hockey's regular season title. The problem is, you know, Mike for New Hampshire is is their uh, their uh, playoff record is as bad as their regular season record is good. They just I don't know if they peak too early or what happens. They just fall apart in the playoffs. And that's something they have to get over. They have not won a national championship because they struggle in the playoffs. They struggle just to get to the Frozen Four. What do you think of their, their, their longevity and, and how well they played? Uh, um, and, uh, but, yeah, BC we thought would be good. But I, think, I don't think they're playing as well as they did last year, Mike. But I think John Muse is having a career year. I think he's keeping them, you know, he's making up for their mistakes. Um, and then, you know, other than that, BU was a young team. Uh, you know, UMass Lowell really got gutted, as did UMass. But I, I like UMass came to me, and I like the way they skated. So, yeah, I mean, the league, there's no, there's no uh, off nights anymore. Let's throw in Northeastern as a club that I think is going to come on here. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think they have trouble scoring goals, but, you know, they're, they played hard. I mean, they, they really dominated uh, the first period of a game up in Maine. Uh, uh, they're physical. They do a lot of positive things. Yeah, and I think if they get on a roll start getting some confidence, uh, you know, they've got Tyler McNeely. You know, they've got McLeod. They've got seniors that have been around for four years. And uh, I, I think they'll be a, a, a factor. All right, Larry, I know you need to get back to the main radio broadcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll talk to you. Thank you very much. That is Larry Mahoney, Bango Daily News and also uh, Maine Radio. And he has been our guest here in the first intermission with Merrimack leading Maine 3 to